brought to you by Oahu Beach Face Savers. Unless someone real wants to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. And I am one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm your other host, Chance. So how you doing, Chance? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Good? Doing pretty good. We just had some dinner. It mm-hmm. was delightful. Yes. And some leftovers from our 4th of July. Barbecue makes it sound really grand. Like we had a bunch of people over and had a party, which one, we wouldn't do anyway. Like that's just not my wife and I's style in general mm-hmm. to have a bunch of people over. And also like a pandemic. So we uh, definitely didn't do that, but we did cook out in the backyard and I ate some leftovers, some ribs, and it was very good. Yeah. This is the second meal Cameron and I have had today to get there today, together today. And we went to a restaurant for the first one and it felt real weird yeah it didn't have a good feeling yeah i don't know there's just something weird about being at a restaurant during a pandemic um but you know friends together it's good yeah i mean it was nice it was just weird yeah uh i want to get back to some sort of normal but i mean i felt really weird in that restaurant so yeah i do like that i don't have to put shoes on to go like pick up some food i gotta drive through that's or, like true. carry it to my car there's probably a law that says i have to wear shoes when i drive but how do they know no yeah, laws are for laws are for suckers yeah we're dangerous yeah tell us about this uh smoothie you're sipping down oh it's just a smoothie it's got some acai berries in it Ooh, um, is that how you say that i thought it was acai is that not what i said i don't think anybody knows <laughs> okay i think i say acai usually yeah it's a c with a little line under it a i yeah so i don't know if you pronounce all the letters because in english you never pronounce all the letters it's but true i don't know there's that hidden H i don't know if cat. it's portuguese or i don't think it's spanish but you know they might pronounce all their letters i know in spanish they pronounce all the letters this is that hot language takes you were looking for it's true we're actually not doing the episodes this week we're just going to talk about how in french they you don't use the letters and it, the fr makes the english mm-hmm. fra and yes, the and OG. og makes sounds like the english guh <laughs> Yes, but uh, I mean, it is what my master's degree is in, is in like oh, okay. linguistics and teaching English in particular, so, so I feel like I could talk about it for a while. So it's probably acai and not acai. I'm just being fancy. I mean, I don't know what the language of origin is, but I feel like I hear it all sorts of different ways. It's probably true. Acai. It has acai in it and some other stuff. Hmm. It's really good, though. How do you say it? Almond. Almond. Okay. You do, you you don't do the silent L. Almond. Almond? No, almond. Almond, yeah. I had an argument with someone about this a few days ago. All right. What an interesting life you lead, Chance. I was like, why would you <clears throat> make the L silent? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's not like, now I can't think of any words that there is sort of a silent. Half. Half. Yeah, you don't say the L and half. English is weird. It is. And we like to give it a hard time, but it's kind of a mixture of a lot of different languages. Well, yeah. That got us to this point of what we speak, and it continues to evolve and change. But all languages do. That's so. true. Remember that whole summer when we pronounced the H after the W's? That was weird. Yeah, what a fun time. Even like the language Esperanto, which was a language that was invented, I think, in the last century to kind of be a perfect, complete language that would not change over time, has changed over time. Wait, but isn't part of the definition of language that it does change over time? Isn't that why Klingon and Elvish are actual languages and most other fake languages aren't? Because it has they have dialogues and I mean, probably. like timeline developments and stuff maybe but i'm loving this <laughs> yeah this is what boy meets world listeners are here yeah, for yeah minkus is gone so we really have to nerd it up ourselves and we are replaced with far inferior nerds yeah far i can't even remember their names i know one of them's name is alvin i don't actually know if we get the other alvin one. yeah the glasses one is alvin the yeah. blonde one we don't get his name because alvin comes back and i think 
think the other one comes back, but not as much as Alvin. Yeah. So. But, yes, we've done it. We have climbed the mountain. That is season one. It's true. We've crested the peak, and now the beautiful, lush valleys and savannas of seasons two through five lay before us. It's true. We were really positive in season one, um, but especially upon reflection, it's rough. It's rough, folks. Um, not. I, I still will stand by. There's not a skippable episode. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but immediately upon finishing, we did Brummeets World. And mm-hmm. we, we jumped to season four. Yeah, we jumped to season four. Uh, we'll be on their long walk to Philadelphia two-parter episode oh yeah long walk to pittsburgh and uh man it's like a different show it it was a different show yeah it's like the same characters but nothing was the same yeah i totally agree uh yeah we both described the transition as whiplash Mm -hmm. yeah so we are in the promised land yeah at the entrance to the promised land run jordan the banks of jordan the banks of Jordan. Ready to make our way into the promised land. And... With only Jericho, a.k.a. Harley Kiner, standing in our way. But I like Harley Kiner. I, I like Harley Kiner, too. I just... I, it, the metaphor falls apart. Yeah, it's not... With only Marion Stimpleman standing yes, in our way. get Marion Stimpleman out of here. Uh, a character I'm glad only shows up here. Yeah. He's awful. He was really bad. Um, I guess that means we should probably get into the Yeah, episode. we should probably get into it. So our first episode we're looking at is episode 201, back number two, school. Back to school. That's how you know it was 90s, right there. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Um, I want to do something real quick. I forgot that I wanted to do this, so I put my phone on the floor, so I just picked it up with my foot. There's some... uh, Just a little glimpse of what we do here. It's a glimpse of life. If If you are a guy who doesn't use his feet as other hands, I don't even know. I don't know you. So I was noticing uh, the other day, and I sent you a bunch of these, that the episode descriptions for Boy Meets World on Disney Plus are... Really bad. They're really bad. They are wild. So I'm going to read some of my favorites real quick. (laughs) Is this going to be our only synopsis? Uh, No, absolutely not. I don't, I don't even know if this one is included in there. All right, so from last season, uh, we've got class pre-union. Uh, so Cameron, h- how do you like this as a um, description? Uh, Feeney fouls up Corey's dream of becoming a professional baseball player. I mean, that's not terrible. It's sort of, I think it gets the yeah, point that, of the episode. Yeah, that gets the point across, right? That was a... a, a that was a uh, control group. That was the control group. Uh, now we get one a little more crazy. Uh, Grandma was a rolling stone. Uh, Corey learns a lesson in grandmotherly love. <laughs> <laughs> that your grandma's awful? Yeah. Is that what grandmotherly love is? I, I guess so. Um, so then we've got kind of kind of misleading ones. Uh, Corey's alternative friends. Corey is teamed up with an unpopular girl for a school project. How dare they? How dare they? Um, talk about Topanga Matthews. Not Topanga Matthews. Topanga Lawrence that way. <laughs> well, both. We, I got a little ahead. And then uh, on the fence is just, this isn't what happens in the episode at all. Corey paints shutters to replace repay his father no <laughs> no not even not even kind of not even kind of it was a wonder it's a wonderful night the one where eric mm-hmm. you know he goes takes fails his driver's test and scams lies about it and they watch the slasher movie yep uh scams galore in that one uh here's the description for you amy and alan go out for the evening <laughs> <laughs> who 
wrote these? I don't know. And this one... Was this like what was in TV Guide back in the day? Well, they're just one-sentence descriptors, and I don't know how some of them can be so wrong. The Fugitive, Sean breaks the law at law, and Corey helps him. Now, if it said, then Corey helps him, sure. But, and Corey helps him makes it sound like Corey also broke the law. Which I guess he was aiding and abetting a fugitive. Yeah, afterwards, sure. Um, well, I can't go, I can't do that one because it's later on. Um, but we've got a, we've got a doozy coming up. So I do want to read what Disney Plus says this episode is about. I don't know if it's good or bad, but we'll see. Probably bad. So Corey tries to avoid the difficulties of his transition into high school. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. He makes yeah. the plan. Do you want to synopsize this one according to Chance, not according to Disney Plus? Yes. Corey and Sean are going to high school. They meet Topanga. They meet Mr. Turner. He gets on the wrong side of a bully. Eric helps him. Yeah. That sounds fair. Yeah. It's a fairly bullet pointy episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a good introduction episode. I feel like just as the pilot was kind of the template for the show, I feel like this is kind of setting up our new normal. Yeah. In and, a lot of ways. And even from the very beginning, I think this episode feels really different. I feel like Sean and Corey feel less reserved. Like they were just like, no, overact. Like, kind of go for it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just, I, I felt like it felt a lot different. Um, and it, it feels a lot less like half an hour and you get a moral kind of show. It feels a lot less uh-huh. like that. There's still sometimes like a little bit of a moral or a little bit of a lesson that they're trying to get across. Yeah. But not nearly as heavy handed, at least in these two episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. As most of the ones in the last season. Yeah. Because like, I, we're just kind of jumping to the end real quick, but it's because there wouldn't be anything to say at the end. I mean, if you're going to synopsize a moral lesson, like, is there one in this episode? Maybe it's about, like, courage. Yeah. Like, courage is acting even if you're afraid. But, I mean, even that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's really, like, they try to tie in what's happening with the Odyssey. That really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, like, trials build you to who you're going to be. Maybe. But make sure when you make a bold statement about beginning a new life, you're not standing by any door that could swing and hit you and knock you down. <laughs> we're, Poor we're, Alvin. We're going we're gonna to talk about those nerds. Um, they yeah. use the term nerds affectionately. Maybe not for them, but I am a nerd. So yeah, um, so yeah, we'll we'll get into the episode. I just really wanted to talk about like the show feels different, maybe a little less preachy. Um, but I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't have a lesson as like a bad thing. Uh-huh. Yes, it's definitely a good thing. Um, the show feels more organic, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell the characters are a lot more comfortable with their roles. Yeah, it's just a lot more fun. I feel like I had a lot of good laugh out louds. Well, I didn't, but but yeah, you're. Your chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a good episode. Why don't we go ahead and start going through it? All right. First up, new intro. Yeah. And I love it. It's like three seconds long, and it just gets right into it. Yeah. Um, we we were talking to the Brummies World guys, and they said that their theory is that the intro is everyone who's most important to Corey right now. And I haven't listened to any of their season two episodes, but the only person in the intro this time it's is Corey. Corey. Which I mean, it's <laughs> the most important person to Corey. So maybe Corey's just really self-centered right now. Maybe so. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to them about <laughs> what they said about that intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so starting off first day of school, mm-hmm. 
telling Cory to get down there. He's going into the seventh grade, but then they're like, he's going into high school. But they also mention that it's the seventh grade, which yeah. is just, we've kind of mentioned it before. It's just wild. Yeah, a six-year school is so weird, but they even say later on in the episode, like, we're going to be here for the next six years. So we know it's a six-year high school. Mm-hmm. It's just, it blows my mind. Yeah, it's something and it I've seems never so small. Of. I mean, I went to, it was a six-year. I, I don't know, it was all in the same building because it was a small town. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you just had the one building, but it was sort of long. And on one end, you start with the seventh grade lockers and classes, and then eighth grade. And some of those classes were the same. But then ninth and tenth grade were over here. Eleventh and twelfth grade were down here. And so some of the classrooms you would mix, but like everybody kind of had their own space for their lockers. Oh, and interesting. I didn't was, realize you went to a six-year high school. There was sort of a differentiation of like seventh, eighth, ninth is sort of junior high, and then this is high school. But they called it that, but we were all still together. But it was also a small town. So it's not like Philadelphia. Interesting. Okay. Um, Yeah, I didn't realize that. And yeah, Philadelphia, a six-year school, it's all just very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, I I get the sense that the school is bigger than what we see. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just this one corner, but at the same time... Just movie magic, I guess. (laughs) Just movie magic. Um, I do think... Well, we haven't even covered the... Let's cover the... not covered a single thing. (laughs) Well, let's cover the dining room scene real quick. Yep, so they're in the dining room, telling Corey he needs to come down. Yeah. They're like, oh man, he's going to be a nervous wreck. Starting this new day, Corey comes down. Seems to be just fine. Yeah. Doing his best acting job as Corey, like, much better... This is a much better acted Corey than all of season one. Not Which, that it was bad. Yeah, we, we really liked Corey in season one. Commented how yeah. he does a great job, Ben Savage does. Yeah, we thought Ben Savage was very talented in season one. Um, but like I said, I, I even wrote down here, he just feels unleashed. Mm-hmm. Like, Corey unleashed. Well, Ben Savage unleashed, unleashed to play Corey. <laughs> We get our Morgan line, which seems very token at this moment. <laughs> Go back to camp, loser. And Go back to camp, loser. <laughs> Man, we loved Morgan so much early season one, but I feel like she's just... She's just the sassy little one that isn't really around other than to say something sassy. Yeah, yeah. And I, her, her veil has grown a little thin for me. Mm. Um, though I do think Go Back to Camp Loser is very it's really funny. funny. I wonder what kind of camp Corey goes to. We don't have time. Sports camp. Definitely there's, not. There's not a mention of sports in this in entire episode. In the whole rest of the show. <laughs> oh, I feel like I feel like they still talk about being Phillies fans sometimes, but it's definitely not their whole uh, world. Who knows? It's probably just like a normal summer camp. Yeah, I don't know. Camp on Awana. Oh, we hold it in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't finish that. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so Corey comes downstairs, he tells them about the plan. Mm-hmm. He's been learning from his brother, all the secret ins and outs of high school, which seems like a good plan. Sure. And his yeah. parents even comment on it like, wow, you actually kind of used your brain on this one. Yeah. Thought about it and kind of went about it a good way. So he has a plan and his plan is to befriend the biggest bully of the school. Yeah. Kind of the guy, the meanest one who kind of runs things. And so... By being under his wing, he would be protected. Yep, yep. That's basically Which isn't a terrible plan. Well, it's a pretty bad plan. It could, there could be. I guess the best plan is just go be yourself and have a good time. Because if you'd just done that, probably wouldn't have had any of the other problems. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, he, he's talking about befriending Harley Kiner, the biggest and meanest student. Um, he says something like, this is how we'll avoid years and years of mocking and humiliation. And Alan says, well, don't get married. Which, not a great thing for Alan to say. No, come on, Alan. 
Uh, so Amy playfully smacks him on the head. Yeah, but still, it's, still, it's very. Alan, what? What are you doing? Maybe don't belittle your wife. Yeah. Does Sarah like it when you belittle her? Nope. So I don't do it. Have we said your wife's name on the podcast yet? I think so. Okay, his wife's name is Sarah. But, She's cool. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a bad joke. Uh, he talks about his plan, and his parents are like, "Just be yourself, Corey. Just be yourself." Mm-hmm. And, he doesn't listen. Well, and Sean, <laughs> and they're like, "Sean's not reinventing himself." As <laughs> he's he wearing... busts in the door and has these huge fake sideburns. Yes, like mutton chops, just about. Almost, yeah. Almost mutton chops, nigh upon mutton chops, <laughs> nigh upon mutton chops. <laughs> Just glued to his face. Yep. And they're like, when you were here yesterday for dinner, you did not have those. (laughs) What's going on, Sean? Mrs. Matthews, you just can't accept the fact that Corey and I are growing up and we are perfectly within our rights to buy our own hair. Uh, oh yeah, Sean is Sean is very funny, uh, very funny in this episode. Mm-hmm. And Eric comes in. Yeah, I feel like having more personality in this scene than he did most of the previous season. Yeah, kind with of a, a few mean episodes, personality, with a few exceptions. Yeah, he kind of has a mean personality, which I feel like is set up to pay off at the end of the episode. Yeah, but just kind of classic older brother where he makes Corey sign a contract to uh, not talk to him at school or refer to him as oh great one. Yeah, if he does. Well, is that part of the contract? I feel like he's just saying in the contract he was referred to as oh great one. Yeah, yeah. It's like instead of renaming them defendant and plaintiff mm-hmm. or whatever or whatever. Yeah, it's oh great one an insignificant spec. Uh-huh. So does Corey sign it? No, he folds it up and puts it back on the table and says amen. <laughs> Um, Good job. Yeah, it's a it's a funny moment, and uh, one of my favorite moments is they're like, "Oh, it's nice to see you're looking out for your brother on your first day." And Eric goes, "I don't like walking all over Corey any more than you do." <laughs> so yeah, it's a, a very funny moment. Eric Eric is great here. A little mean, mm-hmm. a little mean, but it's like big brother, older brother, junior year. Did you call your sister insignificant spec? No. Oh, sad. She would she would cry, <laughs> and I'd get in trouble. And I was too nice for that. Mm, I wonder. You're one of those passive-aggressive, mean brothers. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I, that's probably not true. Cameron is a lovely individual. But yeah, so they do, they get excited. They're not going to have Feeney, mm-hmm. uh, Corey and Sean. Feeney even comes and they like see him and talk to him in their kitchen. Uh, but they're just like, we're not going to have to worry about Mr. Feeney anymore. Yep. A funny setup. Uh-huh. And they Very do, funny setup. They do their handshake and then they do what is, in my opinion, a much better version of their handshake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we can't do that. We have to be cool. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, and then they're ooh. like, ooh, yeah, but still doing all the things with the handshake, but just being like, cool, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they end it with smooth. Yeah, they're like smooth. cheek to cheek, basically. <laughs> doing smooth, like making ocean waves with their hands. Yep. Cheek to cheek, which just seems like the opposite of cool. You take that like back. high school. This is like, going to be our biggest fight. The, that was the coolest thing they could have <laughs> possibly done. If I saw those guys, I'd be like, I want to be their friends. Of course, in Corey's alternative friends, I also thought, man, those guys look really cool. Yeah, I don't think you have much of a leg to stand on with that argument. <laughs> So maybe I just like maybe I just like nerds. I don't know. Yeah. But I love their new handshake. It's great. All right. So they head to school. They head to school. We meet Alvin and blonde kid. Yeah. Who the, are like, it's our first day of school. The possibilities are endless. Everything's laid out before us. And then the door flies open and hits them, knocks them down. And you, Corey and Sean, come out and say the same thing. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of those two saying something, and then Corey and Sean hurting them in <laughs> some way. To be fair, they're hurting them accidentally. Mm-hmm. But yes, hurting them and then 
saying the exact same thing. Um, now, Minkus no longer exists in Boy Meets World. Right. He has been blinked off the Boy Meets World timeline. But he is not erased from our minds and our hearts. Forever in our hearts. What Stuart Mink. a downgrade. What a downgrade these two are from confident, capable. sure of himself, capable Minkus. Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah, were they thinking? He's not pushed around. And then we have these two kind of sad sack nerds. Now, you had talked about how they didn't want an Urkel situation. Mm-hmm. But, like, Minkus wasn't an Urkel. And these two are more like a Screech. And maybe even a more pathetic Screech. Not Like the other nerds in Saved by the Bell. Yeah, that's what these two are like. Like, why? Like, you did a good three-dimensional nerd man i don't know you're saying this like i came up with that idea i just kind of want to get into their heads like i don't know just like this episode is a step up in almost every way uh-huh except for that but i feel like that we get so many other good characters that someone had to go right yeah we can't support that many characters i mean i this miss isn't game of thrones i miss minkus mm-hmm. but he doesn't exist anymore he's gone though to be fair i feel like by the end of season one minkus had kind of worn out his welcome a little bit i, I do too and i don't think minkus should have existed in the capacity to which he existed mm-hmm. but he still should have been around or or even if you're not gonna have minkus have the side nerds have some dimension to them mm-hmm. give him a little zhuzh yeah yeah minkus was just such a three-dimensional character i guess this is my send-off to minkus forever in our hearts yeah he was he was capable he was confident he went after what he wanted he was conflicted he was Mm -hmm. a three-dimensional character and he was the word he was the nerd that we needed but maybe not the one we deserved in 1994 bye bye stuart minkus oh i thought you were gonna do a win the saddest Fashion. Fashion. I thought you were going to do bye-bye, Mr. Uh, that there Minkus guy. Oh, no. <laughs> 5,000 candles in the wind. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my little rant about how these guys couldn't clean the dirt off the shoes of Stuart Minkus. Yeah. They're not even worthy. Not even worthy to clean up his Bunsen burner. Uh, See what I did there? That was good. Um, yes. So, but then we're instantly introduced to two wonderful characters. Yes. That we will have for a very long time. Yeah, especially one of them. Um, but we're introduced to Frankie and Joey. Yes. Frankie the Enforcer and Joey the Rat. Neither of them are defined as yeah, such. They're... Yeah, it's just Frankie and Joey. But Frankie is this very large gentleman. Mm-hmm. Just he, huge. He was in so much in the 90s. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know he was in My Name is Earl. Yeah. He was in uh, the, the movie Evolution. Was he in The Butterfly Effect? I don't know that I've ever seen that, actually. I don't know if I have either, but I think he was in Butterfly Effect. Yeah. yeah. But just big guy Joey is a much smaller... Yeah. He kind of has this Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. I guess maybe he's from Brooklyn. It could make sense. Brooklyn yeah. exists in this world. Well, we don't I, know that. I'm assuming. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they come, Corey's like, Frankie like puts Corey up against the locker and is like, you were almost in my way. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Sean, Sean's like, we were just looking for our homeroom. And Joey goes, it's in there. And points to a, uh, the locker, a locker and Sean gets in it. Sean's like, oh, in here. And then just climbs in goes in the locker yeah which why he can just open a random locker i'm not sure maybe the first day there weren't locks on it yet okay is that how that works sure um but yeah so he climbs in the locker uh joey or uh, not joey frankie's like why was you almost in my way um trying to be very intimidating (laughs) Uh uh-huh 
It's just so funny. It is. It's very funny. And uh, I love Corey's response. Like, you know, if I was in my homeroom, I wouldn't be anywhere near your way. Mm. And Joey goes, I think he's saying if he wasn't here, he wouldn't be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If he wasn't here, he wouldn't be here. And then somehow that comes across as, I think he called you gay. Or uh, Frankie says... Are you calling me yet? That's right. And then he has to go think about it. Yeah. Um, so maybe homophobic? Uh, is, is, is it homophobic? I'm not sure. I don't know. We don't know much about Frankie yet. It's true. Maybe he's just very introspective. And he's uh-huh. like, am I gay? I don't know. He's got to go. He's got to go think about this. Yeah. It's a thought he's never come across to him before. So he's not like, how dare you say that? I'm going to pound you. He's like, huh. Well, the thought did come across him because it's only his thought. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it come from? Corey didn't say it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's, it's a weird moment. It kind of made me uncomfortable, but at the same time, I don't think it was quite homophobic. It was mm-hmm. just yeah, it was just it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Um, probably should stick away, stay away from it from for now modern times. Uh-huh. But yeah, and then Sean comes out of the locker. Topanga comes up. Sean comes out of the locker because pretty girls. Oh yes, he's not going to. And then a pretty girl walks by, and he's yeah. like. Oh, but the view out here is very good. Yeah. So we've already instantly come into Sean, girl crazy Sean. So yes, uh, we're instantly oh. jumping into the fact that uh, they like girls now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not in question. Girls yeah. and relationships with girls are going to be a part of everything. Of everything going forward. So Topanga comes and... Oh, Topanga. This is uncomfortable. It's a good way to describe the way this scene goes. I mean, uncomfortable for us as grown men. Uh As grown men. Um, but relatable for us as people who remember being teenagers. Uh-huh. And so Topanga comes, and she... It's a very different look, I feel like, than her previous look. Less less curly hair, mm-hmm. a little bit more of the era in terms of an outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more stylish outfit. Yeah, I, she's developed more, and the mm-hmm. boys notice. Uh-huh. So Sean's, like, gawking a little bit. Well, they're both gawking. Uh-huh. But Sean especially, I feel mm-hmm. like. But then Topanga just makes the comment to Sean in his fake sideburns, like, at least what I grew over the summer was real. Yeah. And then rips his sideburns off. <laughs> Which would probably hurt. Probably. But seem to be okay. Yeah, he's got a baby face, so there's not like any yeah, hair. Yeah, no hair going to be ripping out. We say as two highly bearded men. Yeah, that would hurt me. Yeah, it really would. It would not be um, a pleasant feeling for us. But we also probably would not put glue I wouldn't glue anything to my beard. Um, so yeah, this uh, is an Instagram. This is actually my favorite scene in the entire episode. <laughs> it's really funny. It, it, it's very uncomfortable, like to see them noticing the development of some of a underage girl. Um, but they are not; they are of age uh-huh. to do so. So, and uh, the three of them together, it just brought a smile. Yeah, it's just like back together. This is what we're here for, and I feel like they just don't miss a beat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think Topanga's great. I I think she was the best character. In season one and she's maybe not as great here just because she gets a little less a little less time to work with mm-hmm. um, she'll get her time to shine yeah later in the season but this episode uh does a this this moment in this episode i think is great um and then they see they see a cool looking guy with like a motorcycle helmet and Corey just knows this is Harley Kiner. Yeah. The meanest, baddest, raddest dude in school that I need to get to know. So he instantly goes and tries to like ingratiate himself. Yeah. He's like, whatever you need, I'll take care of it for you. I'll, I, I forget what he says, like do your homework or. He'll do detention for you, mm-hmm. uh, stand yeah. in lunch line for you. Yeah, all that stuff. And then the guy's like, how about you do, do the homework? He's like, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, you don't want me doing your homework. Yeah, you don't want that. And it turns out this is the new cool teacher. 
Yep, Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. Or as he says, Turner. You can call me Mr. Yeah, Jonathan Turner. You can call me Mr. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a great line. Uh, at, at first, Corey is afraid of Mr. Turner because Eric didn't tell him anything about it. So I guess Corey's never heard of new teachers. But mm-hmm. yeah, That doesn't exist. Yeah, so he's just like, I don't know what to do. And then he finds out this is the guy. Um, I was kind of flustered, I feel like, mm-hmm. just because he misunderstood who he was. Yep. And thought he was this other student because um, he was pretty young. Yeah, he's young. Oh, Although Sean does say that guy's like 30. And Corey says, he's a lifer. <laughs> Which, I don't know how that would work. Can you be in high school and be 30? Uh, no. You yeah. would be in some sort of alternative program. Yeah. I feel like, because I feel like you can only be in high school until you're 19, right? Maybe 21. Can you? I'm not sure. I don't know the exact numbers. But there is like a deadline of like traditional school. Mm-hmm. Like you can only be so old where you're not allowed to be there anymore. I would assume it's held back one time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's it's a funny scene and the bell rings and Mr. Turner's like, you're late. <laughs> Which is funny because so is he. Mm-hmm. Technically, he's at the door, though. Yeah, that's true. But why, why was he just coming in? Why is he just rolling in? And why does he make a phone call? Yeah. Well, who could he possibly be calling? What? Hey, Mom, I made it to work. <laughs> just wanted to, I'm really excited about my first day of school. Yeah, I mean... He, let me turn on my cool accent. Accent? Turner has an accent. He does? Yeah, it's sort of a New York affectation. Not like Joey, quite like that, but he definitely has an accent. Okay, okay. He He's soft on the R's. I guess he did. Yeah, okay, I can see he has that. He's a little bit of an accent. I don't know exactly what it is, but he has one. Um, so yeah, then they go into class. Turn- For some reason, on the first day of school, they're reading the Odyssey. <laughs> it's definitely implied like this is your homework tonight is to read to read book. the odyssey <laughs> what i think the amount of books these kids are gonna read this year is gonna it's be insane I, I was thinking about that that i mean the odyssey again same thing we see with mr feeney Mm-hmm. It's just not the right book for seventh grade. Really? I think it'd still be a little bit older. I'm trying to think when we read it. It was maybe eighth, ninth grade. Uh, I actually remember I, the first time I read The Alien and the Odyssey, I was 11. I mean, I, I remember reading at least parts of The Odyssey when I was in sixth grade, but that was my own choice. Mm-hmm. It was my choice too. But like, I remember studying it when we were older. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that my school experience is the same for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's still like reading a big epic poem when you're 12. It's just kind of weird. But also, I mean, it's an interesting one yeah it's pretty cool all the different things that happen but again it's just like hey here's you this big book would they assign the odyssey without the iliad first yeah really i feel like you need the context of the iliad to really understand what's going on in the odyssey i mean you could just get brushed up okay that's fair but yeah it is an insane book to just like read this Uh uh-huh and then he also assigns you need to read this x-man comic yeah well let's let's set that scene for that real quick yeah uh cory is mouthing off in class as he was wont to do mm-hmm. um and he's like are you the oh mr turner is sitting in a way that is wild by the way uh-huh. he's like sitting on his desk with his feet on a student's desk like propped up yeah it seems like kind of disrespectful yeah yeah just because there's another student in that desk uh-huh. that, yeah <laughs> you don't put your feet right by on a student's desk when they're sitting there yeah it, he's just sitting in a wild way and he's like um i'm here if you just need to talk and is like cool and Turner goes did I say you can talk well yeah I, I thought I thought so <laughs> And and Corey's like, and he asks Corey if he's trouble. He's gonna take down the new teacher. He's like, no, that would be Sean. Yeah. And then he's like, who's Sean? Sean would be the one not making eye contact with me right now. And it's like Sean is looking frantically around the room yeah. at everywhere except Mr. Turner. And then Mr. Turner sits on a, on student a student's desk. desk with a student in it. <laughs> yeah. 
what the heck, Mr. Turner? Now, to be fair, this may be his first teaching job. Uh-huh. So. I feel like he's very lax if it's his first teaching job. I feel like my first day, it was like... <laughs> well, maybe he's just like, oh, nothing's going to go wrong. I got this. And then, you know, he gets complaints about being way too personal with students' private desks mm-hmm. or personal space. And he doesn't do that anymore. We'll have to see. I guess we'll find out. You're on notice, Mr. Turner. This is 0 for 2. Yeah. Teachers on this show. Yeah. And then... Actually, I like Mr. Turner a lot. I, I love Mr. Turner in the scene with the exception of the sitting Sitting on, on the desks. Yes, but then he's like talking about the Odyssey and like it's good. It has like these kind of things about it. Fantasy, epic heroism. Mm-hmm. Notions of like right and wrong. And, yeah. and Corey's like, who would want to read that? But then he takes an X-Men comic x-men comic that Corey has on his desk yeah. and he's like flipping through and he's like i love like love this you know yeah. epic fantasy right and wrong battles and right and wrong heroism and all those things so i guess the same so your homework is to read this book and this issue of x-men yeah and Corey's like finally a cool teacher <laughs> and then he goes our friend Corey will lead the discussion implying tomorrow again uh-huh. um, between the similarities and the differences yeah what in the world well actually i am i'm all about this assignment i mean it's a cool assignment but in one day well yes okay the one day thing is insanity the assignment's great yeah i think it's fun like as like even as a teacher i think like comics and graphic novels are becoming more in fashion mm-hmm. um as like capital l literature like good things for kids to read not just mindless stuff so he's ahead of the curve in that regard um, but i think just realizing like the literary themes of this like this are the same and so you can take a look at both of them and see that the things that we talk about in the odyssey that makes it like high art mm-hmm. part of the canon are present in this comic book kids yeah. dumb thing yeah. it's like all there and so there isn't it's sort of breaking down that wall and of like what what is considered good yeah and it's breaking down the idea that you know if school assigns you a book it's automatically going to be boring and bad Mm -hmm. because by relating that book and being assigned something you already like which we've established you know he likes Mm -hmm. x-men excuse me uh we've established that he likes x-men like drawing the parallels between them shows hey you can read some cool stuff in here like it's not only drab Mm -hmm. now again this is all undermined by just just read the odyssey yeah but tomorrow (laughs) it doesn't say by tomorrow but it's very much under by tomorrow yeah he's, he's just assigning him a book now if you if you were to do something like over the next two re- weeks we'll be reading like the first 10 pages of the odyssey and this comic and, and the issue it was like an issue of a comic that told the whole story and like 10 mm-hmm. pages of it that told the whole story and we talked about that comic arc to that book or something like that yeah that makes sense that would be <clears throat> but like read this random issue of a comic book yeah that may or may not be in the middle of a story arc that may or may not have anything at all to do with the odyssey in the slightest yeah um maybe mr turner's just a big comic book aficionado and he knew exactly the issue and like actually this will work yeah does he buy it for everyone does everyone have to go buy it themselves i don't know these are the questions that they don't ask my neighbors are shooting off fireworks and they shouldn't be doing that. They did that last night, too. It was very annoying. Well, if you guys hear some pops, we are recording this on the 5th, and there's some fireworks going on. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I am all about this assignment in concept, not so much in practice. Yeah, the execution is flawed a little bit, but... And, I mean, it's, it's as you always put it, TV magic. Mm-hmm. They're, they're condensing it down, but still. Yeah. So then class is over. Corey runs into Harley Kiner. 
Yes. After he and Sean get separated for the first time, they're not yeah, going to have a class time they together. They have two. They are in different different spaces. But um, yeah, they he meets Harley. Tries to Harley's going to maybe begin. take the SOTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harley is a delight. <laughs> he's a bad dude. He he does cause some problems later. But I just think he's such a funny character. He's got kind of like a greaser. Yeah. Sort of aesthetic, like a Fonzie with more of a troubled streak. Well, Fonzie's pretty troubled in the early episodes of Happy Days, but... Maybe just the Fonz then. They're definitely going for that sort of thing. <coughs> um, but yeah, he is... He's wearing a bowling shirt. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, I think I think Harley Kiner... I think he's into ska. <laughs> oh, he's definitely into ska. Definitely into ska. He's definitely into ska. Um, but yeah, he comes up and he's like, Harley Kiner, how the heck are you? <laughs> Shakes his hand. Mm-hmm. Trying to get Harley on his side. Frankie and Joey are there with him. And then Joey's like, hey, here's that kid that called you gay. No, from when you were gay. From when you were gay. And then Which is maybe Frankie, a worse comment. Yeah. But Frankie walks off. He's like, I need time to think. Yeah, he needs time to be alone <laughs> with his thoughts. Mm-hmm. So he goes off to think and Frankie goes with him. Um, and then Corey's trying to get Harley to look out for him and tells him his name's Corey Matthews. Harley gives him a new name. Johnny, Johnny Baboon. Baboon. Which does stick around. Yeah, well, the, ba- the, ba- the baboon, baboon part. part does. They call him baboon for the rest of the show that they're together, I want to say. Yeah, even Tells. once in Girl Means World that yeah. I can think of. Spoilers. We're already spoiling. That's a big one. It's um, a big unexpected one. I was actually pleasantly surprised yeah. when that one happened. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, his name is Dan McNulty, I think. Yeah, I, I like him Yeah, as an actor. <laughs> but yeah, so um, they're talking in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey is offering to him like his friendship. Uh-huh. And you know, people will think of you differently because... Because you took mercy upon this seventh grader. Yeah. Um, and then we get a character. It seems like he's thinking about it. Well, I... I, I don't think he is. I think he's about to beat him up. But then they have yeah, a new character. The wor- maybe maybe the worst character of Boy Meets World? Uh, maybe. I don't know where this guy comes from. I don't, don't know, know where, where he goes. goes. But we're glad he does. Marion Stimpleman. Yeah, Marion Stimpleman. Stimpleman. Which, uh, Harley uh, kind of hides himself. He's like, Marion. Yeah, he's making fun of his name. Um, Rude, but whatever. Yeah, very 90s Harley. Joke. And then Corey tells, he's like, what is your names? I can't do his accent, but yeah, what are your names? I don't know if he's like supposed to be like a vice principal. I don't know what his function in this school is, but apparently he doesn't stick around. I, I have some questions about the setup of this whole thing. Like he's like, the bell rang, gentlemen, several minutes ago. There should be no one in the hallway. And then he's like, what is your name? He's like, Johnny Baboon. He's like, well, Mr. Baboon, we're off to see the principal. You too, Mr. Kiner. And Harley says, what did I do? And he says, you were with him. Wait, but, but he was also standing in the hall. Yeah. Wasn't the whole thing that the two they of were, them shouldn't yeah, be in the they hall? shouldn't be in the hall. That they shouldn't be in class? Busted. It's, it's just a, a busted system. But it's just kind of ridiculous. It is. It's kind of ridiculous. And like... Marion has... The power's gone to his head. Yeah. It's probably his first day getting to do this. And so he's just giddy with the power. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks uh, the new school principal is going to go easy on him. But we... I mean, I think we put it on the timeline right now. The new school principal, who we are not going to reveal just yet, fires Marion right after this. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're ridiculous. Yeah. Get out of here. So they go to the office. Corey's like, oh, I'm going to meet the principal. This is awful. Yeah. And then the chair turns around. And who is it, Chance? Uh, it is George Milhouse Feeney. <laughs> 
Yes. Milhouse is not his official Mr. Feeney himself is there. He's the acting principal of John Adams High School. And is it him that says the legend continues? Yes, Mr. Matthews. The, the legend, legend continues. continues. Um, Corey's just like freaked out. Yep. Um, he doesn't get in trouble though. Well, Mr. Feeney just says they'll consider this a dress rehearsal for what will be many. I'm sure to be many times that you'll be in here. Yeah. And then we cut to the next scene though. And Harley at least gets detention. So mm-hmm. why does Harley get detention? Maybe because he was a first timer. But That's... Mr. Feeney doesn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. However, this the messed up system of this school works. Um, but then at the end, as they're leaving, Mr. Feeney's like, "You have history class with me." Well, no, he he reads on his paper. This is my, one of my favorite moments in the whole thing, which is the only reason I'm cracking. But he reads on his schedule. Uh, next, I have U.S. history with Mr. Fe with Mr. Fee with Mr. And he's points at Feeney. He's like Mr. Fee. <laughs> but again, Mr. Feeney's like, and you're late. Yeah. But Mr. Feeney's also in the office. Yeah, he is also late. And why is your acting principal teaching classes? Is that so weird? I mean, I feel like being an, admin, an administrator is kind of a big role <laughs> that would take all of your time. And there's like a separation of sort of power there. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm not 100% sure what principals do, to be honest with you. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's a lot of like administration, also dealing like with behavioral problems and things like that. Sure. So you, you yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to teach. Yeah, you're too busy. Yeah. So there he is. I had a tumultuous history history with my high school principal, Doctor Farr. So just throw him under the bus. Well, uh, I, I I provoked him a lot. Okay. So you were a Corey <laughs> to his Feeney. Uh, maybe more of a maybe more of a Sean. You were a Sean to his Marion Stempleman. Sure, let's go with that. Um, yeah, but I had a I had a tumultuous history with him. Though our vice principal thought I was hilarious, so there we go. Yeah, proved um, him right. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, that was so nice. All right, so then we go to lunch. Yeah, our Alvin and well, blonde nerd. Yes, we have Alvin and blonde nerd. Right before that, Har- Harley is going to kill. Yeah, Corey for the detention he got. Because mm-hmm. he never gets detention. Yeah, this is a whole totally new thing. He's very mad about it. Yeah, so Harley's going to kill Corey, and then we cut to the. Um, Cafeteria. cafeteria where Alfin and other kid are like, we made it to lunch. Like how wild. And then the doors fling open and Corey and Sean walk out and say, we made it to lunch. Yeah, the doors hit the two nerds. Yeah, and hit them and knock them down. <laughs> Poor kids. Yeah, it's it's not a great joke. I don't know why it's in here. <clears throat> Twice. Um, well, three times because it's coming up. Um, but yeah, they uh, they knock him away and Corey's like, it's my last meal. Sean's, Sean's like, like, how appropriate. Chicken. How appropriate chicken. <laughs> and so they decide we need to get Eric to help save us. Yeah. Or save you. Sean's fine. So he's trying to get Eric's attention to come help him out. The girls like Sean. Uh-huh. Which, I, if 11th grade girls... I don't know why girls... these junior girls are into a 7th grade boy. Yeah. I mean, he was held back a year yeah, by so our timeline. Still, so he's an 8th grader at least. That's like 17-year-olds and a 13-year-old. Yeah. It's weird, for sure. It just doesn't make sense. But, you know, whatever. That's not our job to make it make sense. It is our job to make it make sense. It's the job we've given ourselves. Yeah. So they're probably... Maybe, maybe, maybe they're younger. Maybe Because Eric's always talking about how all the girls in 10th grade like the seniors. So maybe in 11th grade, they're freshman girls. They could be freshmen. So girls. they're like two years. Only one year older than him. Yeah, only one year mm. older than him. We've cracked it. We've we cracked did. it. Though, when she walks by at the very beginning of the episode, she looks 20. 
She that is a twenty year old. It is. Right it there. is again television. It is television, but yeah, and they're like too bad, and Sean's face is just like so pleased. <laughs> He's just like light bulb over his head. Just like I have an idea. Yeah, the girls, I want to get to know them all and kiss them all. I want to kiss all the all girls. the girls. <laughs> um, um, oh, we'll get to that. We'll so get to that. There's that, and then Eric's talking about his car. Yeah. Like, oh, did you have the new Mustang? And he's like, Yes, the new Mustang Buick. Yeah. It's you know, it's a little older, a little bigger. It's the new Mustang Buick. <laughs> Which Buick is still a nice car. Yeah, big beautiful Buick Enclave. Yeah. Um Buicks are actually very nice. That's like a high end I feel like a Buick is a higher end car than a Ford. Yeah, I do feel like in the nineties there was like the stereotype of the old eighties Buick that everyone drove mm-hmm. that people would call like a boat. It's a reliant automobile. Yeah. They were around because they lasted a long time. Mm-hmm. But um he's talking about his car and then he has a clandestine meeting with Corey where he pretends to be at the water fountain for a very long time. Uh-huh. And he's talking to Corey about how like it's it's tough. Yeah. You can he's not gonna help him out. You can go to the you can go to the nurse and she'll protect you until yeah, your parents or guardians and, get yeah. there. At 3 o'clock, go to the nurse and say you're sick, and then mom and dad will come pick you up. Yep. Corey's holding his chicken leg when Harley Kiner busts into the cafeteria saying, who took the last chicken? I'm going to kill whoever took the last chicken. So Corey just drops the chicken leg. Yeah, it's like the nurse's office is where? Where now? He's like, I would never do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then Harley does that. And he said, where is the nurse's office? Yeah, um, it, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. Like, so you can do that, and he's like, "Well, won't I look like a coward?" And he's like, "Well, why don't, why don't you just fight him?" And it's a weird dichotomy of like, those are your two options. Mm-hmm. You could just go home. Yeah, you could just ignore the challenge that he gave you. Like, yeah, nobody was there to see you get challenged. Yeah, even his two lackeys weren't around. If, um, if Harley's going around bragging that he's going to beat up a seventh grader, that just kind of looks pathetic on yeah, him. Yeah. So there's there's literally no reason that this needs to happen. Like, yeah. Corey can just go home. Yeah, like, just, just don't worry about it. Yeah, but uh, there it is. Um, but yeah, so... Corey goes to the nurse's office, mm-hmm. and our two nerds are in there talking about how they're called sick and waiting for their parents or guardians to come pick them up. Yeah. This is what they're going to do every day. And it's so ridiculous. It's like, I got a broken arm. I got that. I've got a broken nose. I got got that. I got asthma. Oh. Like, like he wants it or Uh something. Like, what? It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Corey doesn't want to look pathetic like them, so he goes to fight him. Once again, very odd dichotomy. I feel like just don't fight, but also don't, like, don't chicken out in those nurses' office. Like, you can do both. Uh Uh-huh. There's, there's room, there's gray area yeah between those two stark ends of the situation yeah kind of a lot of gray area it's mostly gray area yeah yeah no joke um there's very little reason to do either of those things but Corey decides he's gonna go stand up to the bully um which to its credit is not a lame if you stand up to a bully they'll back down storyline mm-hmm. doesn't work i mean it can work it can but people in this are case, complicated in this case it doesn't because harley's a caricature yeah yeah and this show isn't like trying to push a moral down your throat anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's not a. It's, it's not a. You need to stand up to your bully, and he'll leave you alone. Yeah. It's just kind of like just live your life. Yeah. Which really is kind of the thing is like trials are going to come at you. 
but you just you, you gotta live. deal with it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the I guess the mm-hmm. moral of the story. Yeah, and so but before Harley comes, Corey runs into Mr. Turner, mm-hmm. um, who's kind of I guess giving him a pep talk. I don't know, kind of talking about the day, and Corey's asking about the Odyssey, um, and he's like, "Did that guy ever get home?" And he's like, "Yeah, he made it through all this and this and this, and he yeah. finally made it home." He's like, "Did he go to this school?" No, he's a nothing. He's a nothing. <laughs> yep. Yes, and... because it seemed so hard all day. Yeah, I would compare it to the sirens and the cyclops and all those wonderful things from the odyssey yeah the island where oneva witch turns people into animals yeah good old cersei cersei that's her name um yeah it's a he's being very dramatic and i I mean to turner's credit he picks up like oh something's wrong with this kid but you know he goes sean goes which Mm -hmm. it 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 seems like sean's going home but apparently sean's going to his locker sure we'll talk about that in a second yeah um but then um harley comes ready to beat up Corey. then eric yeah comes and saves the day tries to he he makes a valiant effort I he guess. does he comes and leaps over the little barrier that's in the hallway there and is like kind of standing up to Harley for his brother so we see like Eric I feel like this is a good characterization of Eric like he's going to give his brother a hard time mm-hmm. he's going to pick on him and not necessarily make his life easier but when push comes to shove he's going to stand up for his brother yep. and care for his brother and so we're getting that here yep I think so it's a like good Eric it, it is it's a good Eric it's like an important character trait of him that we see laid out here Yep, and he has agency. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just, I don't know. He's a real character, not just a dating machine. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like nobody in this school does a thing when someone's being bullied. Like, Frankie shoves Corey up against a locker and is holding him there, and all sorts of people walk by and, like, don't even bat an eye. Nobody even seems to pay attention. I feel like that's fairly on brand, though. Even when we were in school, I feel like bullying was... It's like, ooh fairly unregulated i mean it yeah, wasn't it was as hot like, of a topic i feel like that like nobody even seems to notice so eric is like the first person that you even see during the whole day that seems to care yeah true i mean bullies were the the boogeymen of the late 80s mm-hmm. early 90s like so you need a bad guy in school cobra, an antagonist yeah cobra kai those sorry suckers <laughs> uh yeah you know the change from red dawn where the jocks are the heroes to Karate Kid yeah. or the jocks or the bad guys and the nerdy kid is the hero yeah yeah it's yeah bullies were just kind of the I don't know the go-to antagonists mm-hmm. um, they weren't very they weren't very dimensional yeah but then it doesn't really work because Harley's ready to beat both of them up mm-hmm. but then Mr. Turner comes and like saves the day yeah he teaches English lit and kickboxing so I guess we have to assume this is not so I don't think Harley needs to go on the official timeline maybe he does I don't know but we have to assume this is at least Harley's second senior year. So he's 18, he's over, so he's not threatening to beat up a minor, so that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, maybe it was more of a, just a bluff. Yeah. I don't think that's anything that ever gets mentioned about Mr. Turner again. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying there's an implied threat there. <laughs> and if it would have been to a minor... Yeah, it'd be uncomfortable, but yeah. Harley's old. Yeah. Harley. Who knows how many times he's been held back. They, they they imply it's more than once, but I'm, I think we're going to go with this is his second he's senior He's a lifer. Year. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> None of it makes sense. Um, Why are the 7th through 12th graders in the same building? And one of them is clearly 19, maybe 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Turner saves the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes uh, at the end. Harley goes, could I have taken you? No. I could have taken the kid, though. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is this wonderful condescending. 
<laughs> Again, just like, you're really showing how tough you are beating up a 12-year-old. Yeah. Good job. Good for you. <laughs> also, he would be 18, and if he did, he would have, that's a criminal crime. <laughs> it's a criminal crime. That, that is an That's a, assault. That is an offense that criminals make and do crime with. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a criminal crime to beat up a 12-year-old. Yes. Um, Especially when you're an adult, which Harley is. Yeah, so really Turner did him a favor here. Yeah, he kept him out of jail. Yeah. If we did the uh, CW reboot for this episode, Turner would be like, you really want to face a judge as an adult that beat up a yeah a 12-year-old? All the subtext would just become text. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then Turner yeah, turns to leave and he's like, read the book. And Corey goes, I lived it. <laughs> I lived it. Which I feel like is them trying to find another motto, like a catchphrase for Corey. Because in the next episode, he says, I lived it. Oh, again. does he? Uh-huh. I don't remember that. You'll have to tell me when. Okay. But yeah, and then he's like, Sean, Sean, everything's okay. Opens the locker. He's like, our reputations are set. And Sean, in a baffling, <laughs> is, I guess, making out with the girl who we think is probably a freshman mm-hmm. in he's like, the locker. <laughs> I'm still working on mine. <laughs> I'm still working on mine. Hooey! <laughs> Where she came from, when Sean went in that locker, I got no idea. And then Corey's just like, big lockers around here. <laughs> yep. Which again, two people inside of a locker is... Insanity. Massive. Yeah. Two people, and apparently two people with enough room to move while that's they're making panky, out. panky So that's the tonal change from season one to Sean is making out. In season one of Girls. <laughs> We're like, girls... Let's throw malt balls at people's mm-hmm. heads in the movie theater. Yes. Like, like French kissing. Disgusting. To. Uh, Let's make out in the locker. Or making out in the locker. Maybe they aren't making out. Maybe they're. Maybe they're just getting to know each other. <laughs> Whatever they're doing. But it, it is. Playing thumb wrestling. It is the first, like, serious tonal shift. It's like, <laughs> oh. It's like, oh my. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so then, basically, that's the episode. It kind of ends there. There's sort of the closing tag where they're all at home. Mm-hmm. and wanting to talk about their days and then Morgan shouts them all down because she's watching TV. Well, they're all picking on each other. The bigger one, like uh, Eric hits and takes the remote from Corey. The dad hits and takes the remote from Eric. The mom hits. Takes it from Alan and then Morgan gets it. Yeah. Just like, and that's power. Yeah, which is whatever. <clears throat> okay. What? Yeah. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, also, we didn't mention it. In the cafeteria scene, it kind of sets up a sort of antagonism between Feeney and Turner. It does. It does. I wanted to talk about that, too, because I really like Turner, and I feel like Feeney's very unlikable in this episode. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think it just kind of sets him... Like, he's not there very much. And we no. get him... The main thing that he serves is kind of as a foil to Mr. Turner. Yeah. Who we're set up to like. Yeah. Like we're set up to be like, this is the cool teacher. He's like witty and charming, gives them an interesting assignment, stands up for Corey against a bully, helps kind of save him mm-hmm. at the end of it. And all Mr. Feeney really does is oppose him. Yeah. Yeah. Feeney opposes him. Um, he questions the validity of uh, putting down a comic book, which is pretty old school thought. So mm-hmm. I guess it's a new school versus old school yeah. kind of idea. It's really like a classic sort of 90s, especially. Yeah. We even had a teacher this 
this last year that was like, I will never let my students read graphic novels. And I'm like, well, when they get up to fifth grade, after they're in your class, I'll let them. So <laughs> it's cool. I'll expose them to things that can broaden their horizons. Yeah, there's some really cool like graphic novels. There are. I, I don't got know a grant for, for a whole grade, bunch but... of like history ones in, in particular. I've read one that was about Lafayette, mm. um, but it's kind of going through the entire American Revolution from the perspective of the Marquis de Lafayette. Mm. Um, but it's just like really enjoyable. And yeah, the author has a whole bunch. So I, I'm getting all of them. But he has one about like the Tuskegee Airmen and about Harriet Tubman, about the Donner Party, just all these sort of like interesting historical moments. And in the back, it's like, and here's all the work cited. Like there's actually like references to historical accounts that he's taken into account yeah. in his graphic novel. So it's like academic. It's not just fun, but it is also fun. It's like really cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of really interesting things that graphic novels can explore. I mean, the most famous one would be, you know, The Dark Knight Returns, exploring kind of Randian objectivism and uh, like, I don't know what you'd call, I don't know what you'd call what Superman is, but kind of this like state-led like conformity. Mm -hmm. Which, spoiler alert, we actually get into that exact book in Girl Meets World. Oh, that's right. You do, don't you? Mm -hmm. I actually forgot about that. Oh man, that that episode is almost a parallel of this one. It's I completely forgot. It's intentionally meant to be. Yeah, actually, I completely forgot about that episode. <laughs> there but, is zero zero ambiguity as to what they're calling back to in that episode. Yeah, like they specifically mentioned this episode and yeah. the things that happened in it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. I just yeah. forgot about it. Kind of Feeny gets a bad break. Yeah, Feeny gets the way a bad that they break. set him up in this episode. Um, so yeah, they're setting up kind of a rivalry between old school and new school teachers. There, it doesn't really come to anything, but. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and that's... That's pretty much it. That's the episode. Who's okay. your MVP? I said Turner. It's Tur I, I said Sean or Turner. I had both written mm -hmm. down. I think Turner. I just feel like he has... Like, Sean has characterization, but it's also just weird. And he's kind of funny, but he's not nearly as much of a presence in the episode as Turner, who is all of those things. And in our first encounter with him in this episode, there's just, like, so much going on with him that we find out about. A, a Turner? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I just feel like he, he's... The star, yeah, in a way, yeah. And Corey, I mean, Corey's the real star. Corey goes on a, a on a journey, but I don't necessarily like Corey in this episode, um, just because I'm like, this is this is just an odd problem to have. But yeah, Turner would be would be my MVP as mm -hmm. well. So what did you rate it? I gave it a seven point five. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say right now, throw out all of my ratings from last season because if I'm rating it on a scale of last season, this is probably a nine nine point five. <laughs> um, so just throw them out. This is better than most episodes of last season it would you know the some would stand up boy meets girl model family mm -hmm. and uh core's alternative friends would stand up to this episode yeah they're all they're all right there but yeah. this is better than mm -hmm. yeah i gave it i gave it a seven because again i feel like it's sort of the new mm -hmm. average yeah the things are going to be measured up against and maybe that'll change as we move through the season um but yeah so i, I gave it a seven which isn't bad it's yeah. just like average yeah, I, I, I just threw in a point five because I thought, you know, as weird as the your late joke was, I thought it was funny. Um, the Sean in the locker thing at the very end I thought was very funny. Um, very perplexing, mm -hmm. but funny. Extremely perplexing. Um, and Turner. I mean, Turner really gets my MVP because for like, George, do you really think I'm a groovy teacher? <laughs> <laughs> Which... 
It's maybe my favorite line in the whole thing. And I really do love that scene with Corey, Sean, and Topanga. I love it. And it even continues when they go into the classroom. I love the dynamic of Topanga being there and being this like pristine student that you know the teacher's going to love. Mm-hmm. Corey being the mouthy one and Sean being the... Trying to be a non-presence almost. Yeah, trying to be the non-presence. So um, I, for those reasons, I think I, I kind of bumped it up. But yeah, I, I agree with you. This is the new average. Um, it's pretty good. Um, if I was rating it on the scale that we were rating last season. It'd be like an 11. <laughs> I, you know, a 9 and 9.5. Yeah, we were very generous. And what did you call it? Um, I did Boy Meets Epic Journey. I, okay. It was hard to find one. I said Boy Meets the Odyssey, which is basically yeah, the basically, same thing. Basically the same Literally thing. Literally what Odyssey means. Um, I don't know. I did Epic Journey just because I didn't want to reference the book. The book. Yeah, we can call it Epic Journey. All right. I'm going to get you on the next one, though. I don't have a great one for the next one, so. Mine is hilarious. So yours yours just, is hilarious. Just wait for it. Okay, but that is episode uh, 201, Back to School. Back to School. So um, we did it. That was the first episode of season two. We did. It took us a long time. Well, we had we had a whole new dynamic to... Mm-hmm. This one, next one won't take us as long. No, 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 no. I mean, is it funny? I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's a funny episode. Is it uncomfortable? Vastly more uncomfortable than this episode was. Yes. But let's move on. We're moving on to episode 202, Pairing 202, Off. Pairing Off. I should flip in my notes. Ooh, yeah, I hear that big note sound. <laughs> that big uh, thud. Um, I'm going to read the Disney Plus description. Okay, um, and I, I don't... get to read. I get to synopsize. It's true. Uh, Corey becomes aware that everyone is part of a couple except him. And that's true. Yeah, I, that's not an unfair one. Yeah, it's not the most insightful. I'm not saying what I'm about to say is going to be much more insightful. But building off of that, yes. For some reason, everybody is pairing off. Thus the name of the episode. Um, And Corey realizes this, that he is not. And he tries to get a relationship and... The first place he goes to is his older brother, Eric, who gives him some advice. Um, he tries to follow the advice. It, it, it works, but then um, through some of Eric's mishaps and realizing maybe his brother isn't the smartest one in the place where you keep smart things, um, <laughs> he kind of rethinks some of the advice that his brother got. Eric gets into kind of big trouble for not thinking with his brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great synopsis. Is it better than the Disney Plus one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney Plus one for this one isn't bad, but it doesn't tell much about what's going to happen in the episode. So yours was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's all about pairing off. And hormones. Which is the, yeah, <clears throat> pairing off and hormones. Um, we open on the hallway where... Two kids are just... Two- making out two kids are making out i mean i feel like there were a few times in school that i saw people making out in hallways but it was not a regular occurrence i don't know if i did and i don't think it would be allowed <laughs> like what the heck mr feeney walks right by it uh, and he, he says they're two a students so they can do whatever they want yep and Corey wonderfully wonderfully replies by the end of the year i intend to have an a plus average and a hickey <laughs> Which is because Feeney tells him at his grades he isn't even allowed to shake hands. Yeah. So uh, I guess PDA in school is determined by... By your GPA. By your GPA? PDA and GPA. That's a, that's an interesting uh, way to go about things, Seems Feeney. Like a, that's another bad Feeney policy. He's the principal. He's got to shut that down. 
disgusting um i really want to know what like what making out was in the 90s but anyway um it's just such a thing uh and bringing up that you want to have a hickey to mr feeney of Mm -hmm. all people yeah um i feel like the real star of this scene though is sean like Corey's asking all the questions sean's just like yeah like deeply in love like (laughs) he's just so nonchalant he's like an expert in love now yeah like uh i feel like sean is great in this scene and Corey's like i want to you know i want a girl and he's like what about that girl he's like i don't really know her she's she she's i guess the new girl Mm -hmm. which i feel like they're all new but whatever we do see this one again yeah yeah uh for I guess we can't tell her her name yet. Um, and Corey then sees Topanga, uh-huh. and I have a theory that if he wouldn't have started with the stupid preamble and just said, "Hey, do you want to go do something?" She would have been like, "Yeah, my sure, girl, my friend, my girly friend." Why, why do? And instead of like making her feel special and like he likes her, he's like, "Let's save ourselves a lot of embarrassment." Yeah, just really, really <laughs> macking right. Now. Yeah, like let's save ourselves a lot of embarrassment. Let's just, you know, you're my last resort. And it's like Corey, smooth. You're an idiot. I guess my question is, what happened to sort of the place they were at at the end of the last season? Where there were clearly like some feelings. They'd gone on a date. Well, and that, I, that's my theory, though. And then here, Topanga's just kind of like, no. That That's my theory, though. It's Corey's fault for, like, making her feel not special. For making her feel like a solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. Like not actually, I like you, but I want to be in a couple. Yeah, I mean, no girl wants to feel like, oh, I'm only choosing you because everyone else is pairing off. And yeah, Corey, you dummy. It is funny though when Topanga's like, oh, my little butthead. Can I call you butthead? <laughs> he goes, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I think Corey ruins it for himself here. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Because, you know, I've seen this a lot of times, but I never realized how stupid his little preamble to asking her yeah. out is. There's no, there's no wonder why she says no. Yeah. It's just... Corey gets friend-zoned. He does, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Maybe um, friend-zoned. Though we are not anti the friend-zone, because being friends with girls and not expecting them to do you favors because you're nice is good. It's called being a person. Yeah. Like, girls are not there to be your objects. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the lesson of this episode. I read it. Wait, girls are people too? Yeah, girls. That's though, the, the lesson of this episode. Though, spoilers, Topanga is the only good, well-written woman in this entire episode. <laughs> uh, Amy's not bad. She's a little bit like there's a shrew. A, yeah, there's a weird. But. There's a weird energy. Yeah. From the parents. Um, but yeah, uh, this episode, every woman, with the exception of Topanga in this moment, is written terribly. Mm-hmm. So yes, then they go to health class. They get a hot new teacher. Hot substitute, which, to which Sean says, that's no substitute. That's the real thing. Yes. <laughs> and he's Just... like up there trying to get a, a date. I don't know. He's like majorly hitting on the substitute and she's just like not having it. Well, she doesn't actually, shut it down nearly enough, nearly fast enough. Actually, she kind of is having it. I think she's amused. Like that's going to get you fired. She she is not encouraging it, but she is kind of amused by it. Like almost like she is when Turner's doing it later. She's it's not all that different. It's it's not good. It's not. It's bad. Don't do this substitute whatever your name is. Does she get a name? Uh yes, I'd wrote it down. Her name is is Miss Kelly. Oh, yes, Miss Kelly. Come on, Miss Kelly. Sean. Get it together. But Sean is so funny. This is also, it's so weird because Topanga is in this classroom. Uh-huh. 
but she is not sitting right in front of Corey. And the classroom like, is weird. It's basically the cafeteria set that they made into a classroom. Yeah, and they like made the put the desks in a crescent shape in two rows. Uh-huh. I guess that's what health class is. Yeah, so maybe just so Sean can do the CPR joke. <laughs> We're learning CPR today, and I'm the dummy. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, you are, Sean. Uh, I think Sean is hilarious in this scene. I think he is mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah. So they tell him they're. She tells them they're learning about human reproduction, mm-hmm. to which Sean is elated. And then she's like, what is the part of the body where the eggs are stored? And Sean's like, I don't know. I can name you the parts that I have. Well, at least what I would call them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he, he pretends to be a cop before this, just for oh, yeah. just for reference. No, I'm a cop. Um, so. Like a 21 Jump Street kind of thing. Yeah. I have it written down, Sean's a good friend, but I don't remember why. He must do something for Corey that, like, is positive. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't recall anything. I can't really either. But he tries to teach him how to get girls to notice by running his hands through his hair, but that's not till later. Yeah, yeah. And then he, you know, they ask Corey like the process, and he gets it mostly right, uh-huh. except he says the Philippian, Philippian, the Philippian tubes, the Philippian tubes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you uh, name it Corey. You push him out the door, and nothing makes sense for the rest of his life. <laughs> A nice throwback to the first season when he says something along those lines. Yep. But yeah, Corey is just so distraught. Yeah. Throughout this whole episode. Well, so I have it written down here. No, Corey. No, 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 no. Because when he's like, I have a question. And like he starts beckoning her over. Like me as a watcher knowing what's coming, I get so uncomfortable. uncomfortable. How do you get a girl to say hi? Like... I don't get secondhand embarrassment, but him being that lame on that level is so funny. Um, it's like the office level of cringe comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's like up there with Scott's tots and the dinner party. You know, you don't I know don't. what that is, but if you're listening and you know what those are, this is maybe on that level. You gotta just call me out. You know how much crap I get for not being an office fan. You can be a fan of whatever you want to be and not be a fan of whatever you want to be. Listen, everyone out there, I struggle. With modern comedies. I'm sorry. I don't think The Office is very funny. Please don't hate me for it. I, If you love it, man, I love you. That's great. Well, that's sweet. Just don't, just, I don't want to watch it. You know, not everything's for everybody. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. The world's a big place. I love comedy, but most modern comedies that focus on awkward situations, it's not that, it, I think it's because I don't really get is secondhand just embarrassment. too relatable? There's nothing relatable. <laughs> and Jim is a jerk. He is All right, not we're going to move on. He's not a hero. We're moving on. <laughs> Shutting it down. Um, but yeah, so he asks how to get a girl to say hi. Uh-huh. And that's the end of that scene. That's the end so. of that scene. And then we cut to the next where Corey's again just like, well, then we won't have to worry about this for very long because surely this will this will fade. Mm. And then Mr. Turner and Miss Kelly are walking and clearly flirting and having a good time. It's like, well, maybe when we're old, we won't have to worry about it. And then Feeney and someone. Yeah, so. No, he's just like, again, just macking. Yeah. Super hard, just like talking about how much fatality he has <laughs> because he's doing this principle. It's like a hard job for a person half his age, but he yeah. has the vitality to do it. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney is trying to get laid. Let's just throw that out there. He is trying to put it in this woman's mind that if she goes home with him, she will have a good time. Anyway. <laughs> and around the students, he's saying these things. Um, and he's like, how, like, if we're going to do it this long, how does it work? And Sean's like, well, I've got a method that seems to work. Mm -hmm. And he just 
kind of steps out, looks around, and then takes both his hands and kind of runs them back through his hair. Yeah, it's like a hair flip with a hand running through, uh-huh. and some girl somewhere. Which we do see this girl again, too. Well, we the see both one. of these girls. They're just like, oh, hey, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see both of these girls again, because um, one of them is from one of my favorite episodes of season two that we won't talk about, but her name will end up being Stacy. That's the second girl. Uh-huh. The first girl, she's a character in season three. Yes, she's a character in season three. The Disney World episode. I think we see her. I think we see her another time, too, maybe. Yeah, I think we see her in the radio episode, too. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So she comes back a couple times. Yeah. She Um, also played one of the kids in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. I never never saw that. It was all right. Okay. I didn't even know that was a TV show. Okay. Uh, I don't remember those movies very well, either. They get shrunk. They go on adventures. They get unshrunk. Then they explode a baby. Yeah. Well, the title is very bad. <laughs> yeah. They make him big. They yes. embiggen him. They, they they blow up a baby. Honey, I blew up the baby. What um, now? What? what? Excuse me? <laughs> you did what to our baby? Made, made the baby grow. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's not a good way to say that. But yeah, he unshrunk the baby. He flips his hair twice and two different girls are like, Sean, I was just talking He's like, about I'm you. still young, so I can do this twice in a yeah. row. Uncomfortable. Just I guess you're right. That is an uncomfortable. Good. I didn't think about that implication of the joke, but you're right. Um, They're just getting edgy. They don't need us <laughs> to make an edgier version of this show anymore. It's already there. It's true. It's true. And then uh, he goes to talk to Topanga. I'm not sure what he talks to her about, to be honest with you. It's not a very yeah interesting conversation, but she like just mindlessly flips her hair. And some guy's like, Topanga, I was just thinking about you. Uh-huh. Oh, it's because he's trying to flip his hair and Topanga thinks he has head lice. Yes, because he's like... <laughs> but then he ends it by saying, like, I need better hair. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're back again on something from season one that was kind of dealt with. So yeah. here's my theory. I feel like season two is trying to undo some of the things of season one. What do you mean? Just like, I feel like even already trying to retcon some of the stuff. I'm just like, oh, we did an episode where Corey dealt with his appearance and his hair being weird. And he was kind of okay with it by the end, but now we're bringing that back up again. Or like Corey and Topanga's relationship was at this one certain point when we left off season one, but now they're not. Like there's not that relationship there again. It's like we need to peel back some of what we did so that we can kind of move forward again in a different way. Not that we're going to get another hair episode, Mm -hmm. but actually in season four we have another hair episode. Yeah, it's true. Um, Wow, we're talking a lot about future episodes. That's okay. Um, Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I... Again, I, I'm thinking that the Topanga thing is consistent. I just think he unintentionally offended her at the beginning. He was just a dummy. Because taking in future knowledge again, there will be several episodes that kind of confirm that they've still got a thing, uh, even pretty early on. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and yeah, I'm, I'm I am glad that it's not a plot point. Corey dealing with mm-hmm. his his hair again. His hair again. I like his hair. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, it serves the purpose of hair. Yeah. I, if they really focused on his hair being bad ever more than like the two times that they do, it's kind of saying something about a black person's hair, honestly, because yeah, it's like very frizzy. Yeah, it's very curly. It's very uh, kind of that, that stereotypical. It's just like very kind of tightly wound. Tightly wound, yeah. Um, looks kind of coarse. Thank goodness they don't. Yeah. So they're not making that comment. Um, yeah, anyway. It doesn't flow. He cannot run his hand back through it in a kind of curtain around his fingers. And therefore he has a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. Eric got the good hair. We know that. Uh-huh. And so then we cut to they're back at the house. Yes. Eric brings a girl home. Rachel. 
Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca, who she was actually in the last episode, one of the two girls that Eric's talking to at lunch. Mm-hmm. She is one of them. And she also, if you've ever seen The Mighty Ducks, she plays Connie. Yep, she plays Connie in Mighty Ducks, which I actually watched two days ago, not even thinking about it. Because it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So when I, I saw her, I was like... she's in the second one as well, but I don't think, I don't know if she's in the third. Well, those aren't on Disney+, Plus, so, so we, I can't... We can't, we can't say. I can't tell you, but yeah, I when she was on the last episode, I was like, oh, I just watched The Mighty yeah. Ducks. So there she is. Um, then Corey and Sean come home, and Sean leaves like instantly, but again does the hair joke where Sean steps out the door does his hair and you just hear someone say is that you Sean yeah yeah they're they're talking about how they've got plenty of time to meet girls and they don't need to do it right now and Sean's like yeah you're probably right and he's like where are you going I'm going out to meet girls yeah. I've got right. a, we have all the time but I'm gonna do it anyway yeah I've got uh I've got a 30 foot range he says <laughs> he flips his yeah. hair but to previously set up because um, we skipped it. When Eric brings Rebecca home, mm-hmm. they're coming to study, but then she's like, why don't you give me a tour of the house? <laughs> yes. Ooh. And so they're doing whatever you do in a tour of a house when you're 16 years old. Yes. They are making out in his parents', his parents bed. bed. What the heck? Yeah, which is uh-huh. heavily uncomfortable. So Corey hears them and catches them. Yeah, he catches them. Eric goes, Corey, we're studying. And Corey goes, so am I. So, uncomfortable. Uh Okay. Um, Yeah, it's a a weird scene. And here's my thing. Connie here. Uh, Let's just call her Connie. (laughs) Can I call you Connie? (laughs) Can I call you Connie? I think think her reaction doesn't make a lot of sense unless she's just a drama queen. I think she, I think, you know, she did, what she wanted from Eric was to make out in the parents' bedroom and get caught. I think that's what she wanted. She did. That was a very big earring to not notice that you've lost. Yeah. I, I, I just think, you know, it was the drama because, like, why getting caught by a little brother would you be like, no, you and I are not ever anything ever? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but she, she like, storms out. Not, not angry. She's just like, oh, I think it's good that we didn't go, go any further than yeah. we did. And, I mean, because she was into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the beginning. She was the instigator. Um, and I have written down, Eric's brain has got to be like exploding right now. Because <laughs> she's like, will you show me the upstairs? He's like, yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the line, uh, upstairs, I love the upstairs. <laughs> they weren't going to put in an upstairs, but I made them because I knew you were coming. <laughs> oh, Eric. Um, which is a very funny line. But yeah, so she's into it. She's like ready to go. And then sh- they get caught. And she's like, no, I never basically want to see you ever again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. But then um, knowing, having this knowledge, what Eric was up to, Corey has Eric help him learn how to talk to girls, I guess. How to get a girl to say hi. Which Eric's advice is so nonsensical. Yeah. Just agree. Find something. Does it find something they're interested in? No, it's basically just stare at her. Oh, right. It's not good. Not good advice. It has nothing to do with like her as a person. And then just, like, pretend to be interested. Yeah. Well, no. Not pretend to be interested. Pretend to like her. All right. And he's like, wait, you don't have to actually like her? It's like, no. Just pick one. Um, Terrible advice. So Eric's advice basically boils down to pick a girl, stare at her until she'll talk to you. Probably the first word she's going to say is, get away from me, creep. Yeah. I don't... It's really strange advice. He's like, look at her. Look through her. Make her eyes think that your eyes have never beheld anything so great. It's like, huh. So it cuts to Corey in class staring at blonde-haired new girl. Uh-huh. Blonde-haired new girl. Uh, not paying attention. What is the book they're reading? 
It's another big one. Yeah, it's it's on the desk, and it is. It's huge. It's, it's huge. Thick. Um, but they're reading another big book. Corey was not paying attention. What are they reading? Turner gets onto him. I can't remember, but Turner gets onto him, and yeah. then it's just like, Sean, tell Corey what I just said. And then Sean basically repeats, like... Would Corey pay attention? Corey, yeah, Corey, you need to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so neither of you were listening, and I, I don't remember what Corey says. He says something smart alecky. The bell rings, the bell and, rings Turner and Turner's like, yay, and runs out the door. It's a great moment. Which wrote down, I love Turner. Yeah, I, I also love Turner. Uh, this that whole thing is very funny. When he when he catches Corey staring at the girl, he like he like gets really up close to Corey and stares too. Mm-hmm. Um, the blonde hair new girl is oblivious to this staring. Uh huh. So, but at the end of the class, he does ask her out. Yeah, he's like, "Your hair. I'm very interested in your hair." She's like, "Oh, I did comb it differently." Yeah, okay. She's just like not picking up what he's putting down at all. No, and he's like, "Do you want to go out after school tomorrow?" She's she agrees for some reason. Yeah, for some reason, and and well, Sean's she's like, new. "Maybe she's just trying to meet people." Yeah, or maybe well. I'm, I guess we could take it a, a step deeper and be like, well, like Corey, she probably sees people pairing off and doesn't want to be left out and mm-hmm. feels like that's what people do. And, yeah. Um, so. So why not? So why not? And Corey and Sean's like, did a new couple just form right before my very eyes? And Corey's like, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe so, maybe so. Um, yeah. And so then we cut to Alan and Amy. Alan and Amy in the bedroom. And Amy's wearing this long flannel nightgown, mm-hmm. which... Um, Alan refers to as floor-length flannel armor. Yeah, that's welded on. Uh-huh. This is... Let's just preface this. This is so odd. Uh-huh. This whole thing is so odd. And we're going to get into... Uh, we're going to do a mini timeline segment right now. Okay. Mini timeline. So he's like, what's wrong? And she says, well, I've got a whole bunch of gardeners coming to the gallery, and some <laughs> of the paintings are a little risque. What? She's a realtor. As far as we know... She's in realty, so gallery, paintings, what? Maybe she's changed careers. Well, yeah, so this isn't a hard one to figure out. But thinking forward in Boy World, we never hear about a gallery again. We never hear anything about Amy's job. I feel like they may mention her being a realtor again at some point. But we'll get there when, yeah, we'll get with so her when we get there. She's changed jobs. So I guess she owns or manages an art gallery now? Apparently so. Sure. I, I guess. But, so, I guess it's official on the timeline in 1994, um, which we know she was a, we know she was a realtor in 1994 because they had to go to that realty banquet Mm -hmm. in It's a Wonderful Night. So, at some point, summer of 1994. Amy switches jobs. To. Art gallery person. Yeah, art gallery person. Curator? I don't know. I don't know either. I have no idea. But, so there's that. Um, but um, then, but, but they start. It's causing her some stress. stress. Now it's like, well, let me help you relieve that stress. Yeah. So they start kissing and fall back on the bed, and then it, something pokes Amy, and it's an earring. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just the weirdest scene. <laughs> this whole this whole thing is really weird. I, it's not unenjoyable, but it's, yeah, it's really funny. Weird. But it, when you think about it, you're like what so so she's like it's an earring and she's like whose earring is this and he goes it's not yours it's not yours one is like i don't know i've never seen it before yeah and she's like i'm not accusing you of anything and he like takes offense that he's not being accused of cheating on his wife 
Yeah, he, he's like insecure that she like thinks, thinks he's that too he's safe. safe. And she, he's like, wait, what? Why wouldn't? I'm just like, why wouldn't you accuse you me? Should of be glad that you would be that your wife safe, trusts you. That she trusts you one and no, yeah. Just why are you taking offense at trust? Yeah, and he's like, well, you don't think I'm desirable. You don't think other women find me attractive. Well, you are wrong. A blonde in a low cut dress came up to me and asked me if the bread was fresh. Poor Alan. It just still doesn't make sense. This is some the, some fragile masculinity, uh-huh. like, turned up to 11. Yeah. And heck, she says it's a cheap earring that a teenager would wear. So they realize it's Eric yeah. who's doing something. So I guess uh, Connie is pretty cheap. Yeah. She was in District 5, and they're the, the low-income district, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> taking Maybe this, she's new to town. Taking this Mighty Ducks. We'll just ride farm. it all the way. Um, but yeah, so they go and confront they Eric. They go and confront Eric. He's like getting into bed. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is important. The parents are getting ready for bed. Eric is getting in bed, pulling up the covers when the parents come in. Mm-hmm. Um, confront him about this and he's just like busted yeah I, I do think the line like nothing happened uh, do you see my face do I look happy <laughs> yeah do you see my face do I look happy and Alan's like nothing happened <laughs> yeah though uh, we did skip a part that I do want to go over because it's another really weird part but, like I don't want any of that 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 winking going on like mm-hmm. I don't want any of that like, a boy like you know like that's bad son but really you're like wink 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 good wink, job and then like on their way out Alan's like okay we'll just both go talk to, or no we'll both go talk to my son and then my as son a, my son and he like pumps his arm and it's like what I feel like he's just playing that up because Amy mentioned it because he doesn't seem pleased when they're actually talking to Eric no no yeah yeah I think so too it's just it's just like a weird thing of like my son going out there and having sex <laughs> yes yeah. that's what every father's dream <laughs> what <laughs> what I don't know what <laughs> I don't know but well the weird part to me is she thinks he's going to be on board with his son having sex in his bed. Yeah. Again, why were you there, Eric? <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's all very uncomfortable. Anyway, um, I also have a question of where Morgan is during all this. None of it. It doesn't really matter. They're going to bed. She's probably already in bed. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. She probably has an earlier bedtime. Uh, but this is what's crazy. They're all going to bed. Mm-hmm. Corey comes up with a plate of it looks almost like pizza rolls and a can of soda. Why, if it's like bedtime for everyone, is Corey like eating a meal? and just going to get to stay up. He's like, in seventh grade, it's a school night, presumably, because yeah, we go to school the next day and all like all of this. But he's like, they just needed him to be out of the room and then come into the room. So like, here, take some food. You know, that's a good point. And you're right. I didn't have a bedtime when I was in seventh and eighth grade um, because my dad believed in this philosophy of like, you're getting woken up for school tomorrow and you're going and you're either going to have a miserable day <laughs> or a well-rested that's day. That's not a bad So thing. That's kind of putting the onus on you to take care of yourself, which can be good yeah this was before the uh the the rocky times <laughs> uh-huh. so. so there was at least some level of attention and care yeah so um intentionality but yeah i i didn't have a bedtime in middle school so maybe it's kind I don't of know if i did but i feel like i went to bed i was like very routine you're like, so different just, than me but I okay. just go go to bed i was tired it was time to go to bed so i'd go to bed yeah yeah i mean i only stayed up i only stayed up sometimes and i did always was always miserable in school mm-hmm. so. especially later in high school i would like go to bed turn out the lights turn on the tv and watch like the colbert rapport or mash because you know, i was so edgy so i watched <laughs> the colbert rapport you were i mean i would watch adult swim so it wasn't um, that edgy chance well i just watched the anime and adult swim as you should um but yeah so yeah 
it's a but then yeah it all comes out like Corey's talking about how he saw them and then he's also talking about how Eric taught him how to get what he wants from a girl yeah, his exact words are I need this man he told taught me how to get what I want from a girl uh-huh. and then Eric's Corey. over there just like amazing <laughs> great like he's just about to get killed well this is the most clueless Corey has ever been <laughs> like what what are you what are you doing, Corey? He's like he's like, oh and what how do you do that? And he's like, Well you just pick a girl. Just any old body. Yeah, any girl. You don't even have to be interested in her. I thought you did, but Eric said it's not necessary. <laughs> Corey What are you doing? Like at this point he's gotta be intentionally targeting Eric for some reason. Like there's mm-hmm. no way yeah, so Eric gets super in trouble. Yeah. His dad's like, let your brain in on what the rest of you is doing. Which yeah. I feel like is good advice for Eric for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, skipping over that comment. Yeah. I mean, I love Eric. Mm-hmm. I think he's wonderful, but he don't. <laughs> he needs to let his brain in on what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and they like, I guess they said it right by saying like, come talk to your dad. Don't talk to your brother. <laughs> don't talk to your And don't brother. do that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> Eric, they're like confronting Eric about having the girl in the room. And he's like, she sat on the bed and went like this. And he like pats the bed and like does his best come hither. Mm-hmm. And Alan turns to Amy like, well. <laughs> and he was like, and don't you dare say something dumb. Like she wanted a tour of the house. <laughs> um yeah it it, it's really weird eric is very funny the whole time making comments like Corey, stop (laughs) like Corey, don't do that like well i'm dead now and like what do you have to say for yourself what does it matter i'm dead (laughs) yeah Um, it's a very funny scene it's an odd scene tonally but it's very funny yeah and then the next day at school Corey is going to be going on his date but then he's talking to the girl and he's like i just don't feel good about this yeah, it's weird that we're going out and we don't mm-hmm. know each other, so, so let's get to know each other. And then she's like, do you know my name? He's like, <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> it turns out her name is Wendy. Uh, he never gives his name in return. Yeah, maybe she knew his name because he was getting called out and getting in trouble a lot in class. Oh, that could be. That could be. Or she may just not know his name. And she's like, well, it'd be weird if I asked now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Uh, but yeah, so Wendy, we meet. Yeah, and so I feel like the message is... Girls are people, too. Yeah, it's not a... It's such a weird message, because like I said, the girls in this episode are just written very badly. Uh-huh. Topanga at the beginning isn't written super bad, but Amy is very... Like I said, it's kind of a shrew stereotype. I'm not saying Amy is a shrew, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. she's basically there to complain and to accuse. Mm-hmm. Kind of um, nag a little. Yeah, which she... I mean, she's right to confront Eric about what he did, but I don't know, she's just so incensed pretty much every moment she's on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, women in this ep- in this episode are n- not written. They're they're not well served, especially Miss Kelly, who, while very funny, just not appropriate for a yeah professional anything. Yeah, yeah. Not to be amused by hitting being hit on by a seventh grade boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spend a lot of time around fifth grade boys who probably have more maturity than most seventh grade boys. <laughs> And they're all just awful. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, the the moral, I think you're right. Women are people, too. <laughs> which? Know a girl's name before you ask her out. Uh-huh. Which, actually, I've asked out a few baristas before without knowing their names. Chance, you but, dog. Have you, you just hadn't watched this episode <laughs> to be reminded. 
But it was always like, you know, I want to get to know you. It's like, you just want to grab coffee and get to know each other a little better. So, yeah. Borderline. Yeah. All right. Then we have the tag at the end where I guess Eric is trying to get advice from Corey now because he went on his date, which he didn't. But Mm -hmm. that's odd. He's acting like he went on a date. They just talked. Yeah. Which what what else is a date? We can jump. Yeah, we right. could jump into that, but that's later in the show. Um, but yeah, he they went on a date and they're going on another. But they also didn't go on a date. I don't know. So who knows what um, what even happened? But he he's he's like, well, I was nervous and I nodded a lot. <laughs> How did you nod? Kind of like this, and he's sort of nodding. Yeah, he's going through a few different nods. Didn't say very much. I nodded a lot. Yeah, which I feel like is very relatable. You know, just be you. Yeah. Actively listen. Mm-hmm. Active listening is an important skill in any sort of relationship. Yep. Yep. So saying things like, "So if I'm hearing you, this is what you're saying." Mm-hmm. Things to show that you're paying attention and to help clarify. Yeah. This exactly. has been dating advice with Cameron. Dating advice with Cameron, and he's married. Must have done something right. I'm not married, so I must have done everything wrong. Yeah. You don't ask the barista out before you know her name. That's where you do wrong. She has a name tag. They don't really. They don't have name tags at Aspen. You know oh, this. That's true. Um. Aspen Coffee in Stillwater. Go there. There's also one in Edmond, Oklahoma. Aspen outside of Stillwater feels wrong. But anyway, um, yes, that's that's this episode. Do we have anything else to say about it before we rate it and everything? I don't think so. Um, I could have used a lot more, I mean, of the minor characters that we were introduced to last time. But they didn't really have anything to do with the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, both these episodes are all a plot. Mm-hmm. This one's, I guess, they, they sort of tie together with Eric's. Well, yeah, stuff. They, yeah, they all kind of go one into the next and feed into each other. Yeah, both of these are all a plot, um, but kind of messy in their a plots a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, a little maybe nonsensical would be the word. Um, so, who is your MVP? So, my two MVPs I've written down because I think Sean is the MVP of the early part of this episode, and Eric is the MVP of the later part of this episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like just for his singing of Amazing Grace. I want to give it to Eric. Eric is <laughs> maybe Eric is very funny, but I think the first like fifteen minutes of this twenty some odd minute episode, it's all. Sh- I mean, Sean's great. Mm-hmm. The the hair flip the and thirty foot range and the uh, you know like uh, uh, we didn't mention it, but he's like, oh, when did they get together? Just now. You just you just saw you just it. Saw it happen. I thought it was very funny. Um, so if we have to give it an MVP, since I've got Eric and Sean, and you just have Eric, I think it goes to Eric because I'm fine with either. I just think. Mm-hmm. Sean deserves mention in the MVP race here. Yeah, but it goes to Eric. Yeah. And I named it Boy Meets Philippine Tubes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I did Boy Meets High. Um, hi. Wendy, yes, hi. Now, remember, notice how she doesn't say hi, Corey. So, just saying, this girl yeah, does not know I like Philippine Tubes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Philippian Tubes is good. Um, and what's your rating? I gave it a six and a half. Oh, man. I'm I'm higher than you again. Have we changed our... Uh, I just feel like it wasn't quite as good as uh, episode 201. Um, I, I you think... You apparently that, thought it was exactly yeah. as good. Yeah, so I did a 7.5 again. Um, I don't think as much important happens in this episode, but I think it's funnier. Okay, so. I guess the things that I enjoy and think are funny weren't as much in this one. Because in the first episode i really just enjoyed harley frankie joey a lot of mr turner in there 
just some more school hijinks, and this was more like relationship, mm-hmm. which doesn't bode well for me in the rest of the show when the relationships really take the front seat. Page. But yeah, I just I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much. See, I didn't think the stuff with like Harley, Frank, and Joey was all that funny. I like them as characters and as people, but in that episode, I didn't think they did much funny. In this one, I thought Sean's hair bit was funny. I thought uh, Topanga accidentally doing the hair bit was funny. Uh, I like I said, I think Turner in the classroom was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought Turner in the classroom was hilarious. And then Eric at the end with like, Corey, stop. Like, and singing Amazing Grace. And yeah. I thought that was well, I'm not funny. changing my score. Well, so you don't have to. You can't convince me. But I just thought there was more funny moments in this one. Um, is it an episode I'm going to think about? Is it an episode that I care about? No. No. Um, neither of these really are. Uh, when I think about the, literally, when I think about the um, first episode, the only th- scene I really think about is them first getting getting there and like meeting Topanga and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I think about the assignment. You do? The Odyssey and getting X-Men comic assigned. I, I just think that's something that's always stood out to me. Yeah, I guess so. The introduction of Turner as a cool teacher. Um, so neither of these episodes are like, th- they are great episodes, especially considering season one. Mm-hmm. But, but they are um, average. They're fine. Yeah, they are what they are. So I gave this one a 7.5 as well. All right. The timeline that we're adding is Corey starts seventh grade. Corey, Sean, and Topanga. Minkus no longer exists. Confirmed. Amy changed jobs. And Amy changed jobs. So th- those are the timelines. Yeah, uh, w- when she said it, she's like, I've got these people coming to the gallery and the paintings are a little risque. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Um, oh, all so. right. Well, we did it. Yeah. We're here in season two in this lush, bountiful oasis. Yeah. This not oasis. It's like a the savanna. Yeah. Um. Let's check real quick and make sure that the next two episodes are um the same on uh, on Disney Plus as they are in order. We need to start checking that every time. Season two. So episode um, season two. What are the two episodes? Two episodes. We have Notorious and Me and Mr. Jode. Okay, so the uh, Grapes of Wrath episode, and what's and the other one? Notorious. Oh, the one where Sean does pranks. Pranky Sean. Yeah, I think that's the Weenie episode. Yep. So we didn't ask any questions. We didn't ask any questions. I, what I, can we say? Did you get any u- unique? assignments in high school yeah that's a good um, question yeah that's enough we'll try to think of some more coming up yeah hardly anybody ever answers them well but we get emails but it's our job to ask yeah we, you get, know? we get emails about it every once in a while so yeah I won't um, be discouraged no me neither okay so follow us on twitter at at boy meets world fever bg world fever I don't know what you're talking about oh yeah bg world fever wow I'm out of it yeah at bg world fever and uh, email us bg world fever at gmail.com mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Listen to us when the Long Walk to Pittsburgh episode of uh, Bro Meets Meets World World comes out. And... Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be here next week with uh, the season uh, episode two hundred three and two hundred four of season two. Good. We're here. It's gonna be a good time. We did it. We did it. We're in season two. Um, so again, from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, I'm Cameron and I'm Chance. So long, world. So long, world. <laughs>